Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed From KQED Public Radio in San Francisco, I'm Michael Krasny. Coming up on Forum this morning, my guest will be Silicon Valley Congressman Ro Khanna, and we'll talk with him about the federal coronavirus response and what it will take for schools to reopen safely. And he'll take your questions. But first, this week, California Governor Gavin Newsom brought back stricter shutdown orders for some businesses. If you are a small business owner or employee, What do you think of the governor's decision, and how are you coping with the lockdown? You can call us now at 866-733-6786. That's 866-733-6786. Or email your thoughts to forum at kqed.org. That's forum at kqed.org. And join us after this news. Welcome to Forum. I'm Michael Krasny. Governor Gavin Newsom announced on Monday that California is officially backtracking into more restrictive shelter-in-place orders as coronavirus infections continue to rise across the state. There is widespread confusion about the shifting policies and what activities are permitted, and it has been particularly challenging for restaurants, hair salons, and other small businesses. If you are a business owner or employee, how are you coping? You can give us a call now at 866-733-6786. The number again for your calls, 866-733-6786, or get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or email any questions you may have to forum at kqed.org. And joining us now to talk about the new restrictions is Laura Clivens, news and science reporter for KQED Radio. Welcome, Laura. Hi. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, let me begin by saying, and I'm sure that there are many who feel this way, uh, this is terribly frustrating, and our hearts go out to people who are just being sort of whiplash back and forth, uh, the idea here being sort of the uncertainty of all of this uh, and the chaos of it and the pain that's involved. But I wanted to just begin with you by asking what's open, what's closed, just update us. Sure. Well, um, what I want to start off is is talk a bit about what's going on with cases and the virus itself in California and in the Bay Area. Um, so we see that indicators are, are up, and this is not a good thing. We're seeing a lot of new cases, hospitalizations, people in the ICU, and deaths across California. In the Bay Area, we're seeing a bit of a plateau with cases, um, but still, this is something uh, that's certainly concerning to health officials. Um, we see a total of 31 counties are on the state watch list, and that's a a, a list that's about 80% of our population in California. So, so many of us. Um, and, and that means, you know, they're on this watch list because we have elevated disease transmission and 
increased hospitalization, limited hospital capacity. Those are some of the things that would qualify the counties for the list. Um, and so what this means is we're seeing a rollback. Um, we're seeing a dimming of the dimmer switch that Governor Gavin Newsom talks about. So Monday, um, Newsom shut down indoor restaurants, <clears throat> movie theaters, wineries, in, and indoor and outdoor bars, unless they offer outdoor dining. And that's across the state. And then if we're looking at just those counties that are on the watch list, there we have a closure of gyms, churches, synagogues, mosques, hair and nail salons, offices for non-essential workers, um, shopping malls and barber shops. And, and yes, this is very frustrating for those people who are in those businesses. We've had some that just had just reopened or had put the plans in the works to reopen and now will be shuttering indefinitely or we don't know when, when they're gonna open. That's terribly frustrating. And uh, there's been a good deal of complaining about the conflicting guidance from authorities at different levels of government. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think we're seeing different approaches to, to things. So, for example, looking at schools, if you look at Orange County, um, the school board there said, go ahead and open schools for in-person learning. And we're not saying that masks or social distancing was needed. Uh, however, many school districts have pushed back against that and said, we, we won't be opening with that. Um, without masks required, without social distancing. And we're seeing a lot of school districts as they come up with their plans, um, we're seeing that the Bay Area as well, that most of them are leaning on distance learning for the fall. Yeah, and we'll be talking uh, later in this hour with Representative Rokana about the opening of schools and so forth. Could you talk, Laura, a bit about testing shortages? Uh, CalMatters had a survey and a lot of it appears to be as far as testing hit and miss, or as they phrased it, super easy to a circus, uh, some finding easy access and some finding all kinds of problems. But the surges that were experienced means it's going to be more likely that tests are going to be, well, shortage in supplies. Yeah, absolutely. So we are seeing a supply chain shortage because of the overall surge in the United States and in the state. Um, and so some people are reporting that even if they can get a test, it's taking up to two weeks to get the results of that test. And so how useful is that at that point? Um, so, so this is a, a serious problem. And so what we saw was that the head of our Health and Human Services um, Department in California said on Tuesday, uh, because of this problem, we're going to make a tiered prioritization system for people who are getting tested. And so this is not just to get the tests, but this is also to process the tests. And so to give you an example of what that looks like, on tier one, we have patients who are hospitalized. And then we have tier two and, and a few other categories, like folks who um, were clearly in contact with someone who was infected. Then tier two, we're seeing um, you know, workers like hospital workers or people who are in congregate care settings like nursing homes or prisons or jails or homeless shelters. And then tier three, we're seeing our, you know, our essential workers, um, the folks that have sacrificed so much for us during this time. And then four, we have the general population. So if if I just, I went out and I'm worried, you know, I'm, I fall in this general population, right? So I'm, I go out and I, um, I'm worried that someone I was near had the virus, but I don't quite know, or I'm, I'm mixed with a group of people and I don't quite know and I want to get tested. I'm going to fall lower on that list. Talking with Laura Clivens, news and science reporter for KQED Radio. And again, I'd like to 
hear from you, our listeners, if you're a business owner, how are your shutdowns affecting you and your livelihood? How are you adapting to life in the lockdown? And if you have questions about the current shutdown orders, we welcome your involvement in the program as well. But I hear some stories here from listeners, and you can give us a call right now at 866-733-6786. Again, that's 866-733-6786, or get in touch on Twitter and Facebook. We're at KQED Forum, or email us, forum at kqed.org. Let me bring a caller on, and that's Amber in Walnut Creek. Amber, join us. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Michael. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, talk to you this morning. Glad to have you. Thank you. So I am a hairstylist in Contra Costa County that had her individual studio shut down on Monday. And it's just, to be honest, starting to feel a little arbitrary (laughs) because any one of us goes into Costco and you see all kinds of people meandering about. Um, And if anybody had any idea of the regulations that we have to comply to to open our door between OSHA, the county, our own state board. Um, It's it's insane. I think your feelings uh, that you just expressed uh, so well are those of many people. Uh, And let's talk about this for a moment with you, Laura Clivens. I mean, the sense of what's coming down as what has to be followed here is also something that, as someone put it, is crazy making. Laura, do I have you? Laura Clark? Oh. Yes, can you hear me? Uh, Now I can. For a moment, I couldn't. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'd just like you to to respond um, to that idea that some of these things that are coming down are are really getting people, uh, it's it's chaotic for them, just like we heard uh, Amber express. It absolutely is. And and I really feel for people like Amber um, and folks in her position who, um, have had several times where I think they have they have assumed that or they have heard from counties from the state. Um, okay, this sector is is likely going to open soon, and so I think emotionally that's a real roller coaster because you're okay. I can my business. It's I, I still have a lifeline here, um, and and also just in terms of staffing and preparing, um, and then to have that yanked, um, I think would feel really really painful. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm very sorry to hear that you're in that position, Amber. Um, my understanding of what the state is doing and the counties are doing, they're making these decisions based on what they perceive to be the highest risk locations. Um, and so, so that's what we're seeing when they're saying, okay, we're closing indoor bars and, and nail salons and hair salons. These are places that are indoors and the contact between people is so close that that, that it's a concern for them. Um, I don't think that makes it any easier for anyone to, to deal with. And I think, um, you know, I think we're seeing some other countries do more creative things like, like have haircuts happen outside, um, closing down streets um, and making space for that. So, so yeah, so, but I, I think what's really hard is for all of us, even in the news media is to track this thing, right? And to constantly be updating and okay, now the bars are open, now the bars are closed. Um, it is not easy to do. No, and that's it's sort of this indeed. nature of this dimmer switch, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I want to thank Amber for her call and wish her the best of luck and get another small business owner on here with us. That's Joe from Oakland. Joe, join us. Welcome. Good morning, Michael. Thank you for having me on. Uh, so my be- business has been essential since the day this started, but I've been watching my neighbors around me, bars, restaurants, nail salons, hairstylists, 
that have been going through this up and down of open close, open close. My neighbors have invested hundreds, if not thousands of dollars putting in infrastructure to have outdoor seating to then be told a week later that you're closed. How is this fair to business owners? And why is my business more important than their business? This is their livelihood. They're serving people. And I'm not saying that the pandemic is not real, but if people are wearing masks and socially distancing, why should we penalize them and say, sorry, you, you can't open your business? Yeah. If you've been into a nail salon, you know that the technicians are already wearing masks. And if they're requiring the patrons to wear masks going in, what's the risk there? Joe, I thank you for that. And uh, Laura, this has come up time and again from people who say in businesses like hair salons, uh, we take great precautions and we're following all the rules here. Why are we being punished uh, as small businesses? Uh, and they look at some of the big businesses, obviously, like, say, Walmart, for example, or Costco, and they say people can go in there and move along freely. There seems a divide here, and many people have commented on that divide. What are you hearing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly seems to be a huge problem, and, and it really feels unfair, I think, in, in the moment. Um, I think if, if we're looking at what's going on in terms of um, risk, uh, a lot of the risk that, that doctors that I speak to talk about is a risk of being indoor, a risk of being close to another person. We can mitigate that with certain things, um, right? With, with the masks, with plexiglass, um, but regardless of how you slice it, there is uh, a danger and a risk when you're indoors. That makes um, no difference for what, what Joe is talking about or that you just mentioned, Michael, where someone is allowed to go into Costco, that's indoors um, versus uh, a hair salon and nail salon. And my, my guess is that what is happening there is thinking about what are the things people absolutely need to, um, you know, they need toilet paper, they need food. Um, you know, do they absolutely need these other services? Um, I, I think also one thing that I've certainly been thinking about as we see other states on the East Coast come out of this a bit and, and sort of be faring better than we have in California now, right now that they're coming out of it and, and have re been able to reopen things like places like Massachusetts, um, we're seeing a real benefit of, of an initial like really painful and clamped lockdown um, in, in the longer term viability of, of businesses. But, you know, it, it's kind of an impossible situation that we're all in with this pandemic and with the economy. And I want to hear from more of our listeners, our callers. Nick joins us from Sonoma. Nick, you own a restaurant up in Sonoma? I sure do. Tell us what you're going and through and how you're coping. Yeah, I, you know, I think probably like a lot of people, you know, we're just kind of in this eddied going down the river kind of aimlessly with no plan. And, you know, forcing all the restaurants to close indoor dining, which I agree with. But, you know, basically the weather's nice now. You know, what happens here in two and a half, three months when the weather turns bad and rains come and it gets cold and, you know, nobody wants to sit outdoors anymore? You know, how are restaurants supposed to, to deal with that? And, oh, indeed. Yeah. What are you thinking yeah. about it, Nick? I mean, in terms of the... Well, there's, there's, it's hard to do any kind of long-term long planning because everything is always just up in the air. Everything's changing. You know, there's no direction from the top. You know, I think the governor has done what he can 
Um, but, you know, direction needs to happen from the top at this point because restaurants, not only restaurants, but every business. How are any of us supposed to do any kind of long-term planning when there is no plan from the government? You know, we're just kind of going on and on and on with this. And, you know, I, I read about the, pro, you know, the plans from like the MIT scientists, you know, that had like the three-week total shutdown plan. You know, at first I thought those were crazy, but now I would totally shut down for three weeks if I thought that, you know, it would – if we could get on top of the coronavirus and, and put it behind us, you know, I could manage three weeks being shut down. It gives me a target to shoot for and plan for. But, it, but at this point, you know, obviously nothing's going to happen until, you know, hopefully the current administration moves on in January. But, you know, how are we all supposed to hang on until January? That's a lot, you know, that's basically, you know, November, December, and January of bad weather and not being able to see outside. Yeah, Nick, I, I, I certainly feel what you're experiencing and uh, empathize. I hope that you can weather this, and I appreciate you letting us know what you're going through. I thank you for the call. I want to get another caller on here, uh, and that's Terry in Sausalito. Uh, t t Terry, join us. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. I have a small business in Corte Madera, and we were not essential, but we were opened, allowed to open about a month ago. Um, and one of the things we can't get the supplies we need anymore to operate safely. And we are out there scrambling around for the right equipment, the right things, because everything, you know, everyone obviously is overbuying. Um, we spent money on making it safer and we're not getting guidance. We're not getting help. We're not getting anybody who's besides loans that they, half of us didn't get. It just feels like small businesses, are an afterthought right now in this country. And it's like we're the backbone to these little neighborhoods. And we also, there's something about having to babysit our clients a little bit in telling them to put a mask on. I, I feel that that puts us in another position too where we don't feel safe, we don't feel protected. And it doesn't seem like there is any guidance on where to recoup this. Like, I just put a bunch of money into my shop and people are now afraid to come in again and backing up. And then we're kind of on the sidelines waiting. Are we going to know? Do we know? And it, more importantly, we just don't have the equipment and supplies we need anymore to operate safely. And those are things that I don't think they thought about. Like do small businesses, should we be given better masks? Should our employees be? It just, there's a lot that didn't go into it. It seems like we were just kind of told, you can go back now. And Terry, I'm so sorry for what you're going through, and, I, and I'm grateful for you letting us know uh, what you are experiencing. I thank you for the call. I want to actually read some comments that are coming in here. Here's a tweet from Carmen who says, I'm a hairdresser in San Francisco, been out of work since March. While I appreciate that the government is an impossible, in an impossible situation with no easy decisions, I think it's insane and cruel to force closures without adequate and location-specific financial support. And Bill writes, as a San Francisco restaurant owner, I'd like to note that San Francisco has not rolled back as the state is because we have not begun opening indoor dining, bars, salons, etc. Yet I do not think California should have opened as quickly as it did. And my business aside, I do think we should go to indoor dining or bars, gyms, salons, or theaters. Any, I do not think we should do that anytime soon. I'm glad San Francisco went a little more slowly than the state. And here's Brittany who writes, if we had wanted to reopen indoor spaces, we may not be in this position. When we saw nail salons, bowling alleys, and indoor dining open in Napa, I had a bad feeling we would end up here. Our restaurant opened with outdoor only, making the new guidelines null. 
If we have to go back to takeout altogether, our employees will struggle without the extra $600 per week from unemployment. And there's also, uh, let me get some more callers on here, but uh, Laura, there's also, of course, uh, the shadow of all this in terms of the financial difficulties, and they're just getting worse for so many people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I really appreciate all the calls and the people that we've heard from, um, hearing from the folks who are who represent restaurant workers. Um, I spoke to the California Restaurant Association uh, a few weeks ago, and they were saying that 1.4 million people in California uh, work in restaurants, and nearly a million of them have been laid off right now. Um, and so I think we all know people who have been laid off right now and whose businesses are not able to open. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just such a, you know, we see this anecdotally and we see this at such a large scale as well. And it's, um, it's, it's a terrible situation that we're in. And let me read another listener comment from Pam who writes, in Costco, no one individual is next to any other individual for a prolonged period of time, the way that people are with haircuts and nail salons. Breathing the same indoor air for an extended period of time seems to be what the danger is. And yes, some things are more essential than others. People in medical offices are in similar conditions to people in nail salons, but one seems a whole lot more important to me than the other. And here's Rebecca from San Rafael. Rebecca, join us. Welcome. Good morning. I just wanted to know um, what happens to people who choose not to close their non-essential business. And um, the reason I'm asking is I actually do know somebody who has a non-essential business that has an office. And this person is pressuring and coercing their employees to come into the office when they were doing perfectly fine working at home. And I want to know, like, what can I tell this person to convince them to close their gosh darn office? Well, it also brings up the question yeah. of, of enforcement. Laura, let me go to you. Mm -hmm. Well, so what we're seeing is um, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom created some what he's called like strike teams um, across the the state that will be going out and, and, and looking to see, you know, places that are in compliance and that are not. We're also seeing counties take this into their own hands. Um, so, for example, in Marin County, they are they have a, opened a, a hotline, and you can actually call it, and um, it, you could be an employee, or you could be a neighbor who's seeing. A, a, it's largely for businesses, right? It's not to call out like, oh, you know, Joe from across the street's not wearing his mask today. Um, it's it's to call out um, those those issues where businesses are not complying, or maybe they are off an office is doing what you're describing. Um, and so, and then what they would then do is have the county, some officials from the county go out and what they're saying is they would one, first educate because they say a lot of businesses are actually not aware of what the laws are, which makes sense because we keep going back and forth with a lot of things. Um, and then to enforce if need be. So we even saw enforcement for, um, there was a, a business in, in Mill Valley that, that saw some enforcement in the, to the tune of a $1,000 fine, I believe, um, because they had continued um, work and it was a tourism company uh, in this time and that was not deemed essential. Well, let me thank all those listeners who called this segment and wish uh, those in small businesses and those who are employees of small businesses good luck. Uh, we all need luck here and we all certainly need uh, to get some order to whatever these uh, laws that are coming down uh, as well as enforcement uh, are going to mean for us and laura thank you so much for joining us good to have you with us this morning thank you that's laura cliven's news and science reporter for kqed 
just a quick question from John, who reminds us, everyone wears a mask in public, eats their lunch completely in private at work, and takes their food to go home. We defeat this thing in a month. Maybe you're right, John, but uh, thanks for the reminder about masks. And, uh, you know, keep your face away from people when you talk and uh, keep that six foot of distance and make the indoors more like the outdoors. Uh, all of those things important to remember uh, as we continue to battle against this pandemic that we're in. Uh, another half hour ahead. Rokana joins us next. Stay tuned for that. I'm Michael Krasny. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.